A blessed and good morning to each of you. I've been married to my wife for just over 30 years. And 30 years is a long time. Some of you obviously have, that's probably, you consider me a rookie. But 30 years is, is a time, sometimes you tend to forget the beginnings of the relationship. And I was thinking about my, my wife and I in our marriage and what it was like to date. That's a long time ago for me. So 33 years ago, something like that. But I remember kind of the process of dating. And I, my wife is the only one I ever dated, so I didn't really have much experience in the dating world and the scene. But I remember as a young man, I was 21, 22 when we started dating, I remember this process of like starting to date. So I remember going in front of a mirror. And believe it or not, 33 years ago, I actually had luscious hair. Spend time grooming, putting on a little cologne. Uh, I remember picking out clothes that I thought would impress her, only to find out years later that she hated the clothes I wore. Uh, cleaning out my truck because I was going to pick her up and I didn't want her to think I was a slob, which I was. But all these superficial things that a young man or my wife probably did the same thing, all these superficial things you do to develop a relationship, and potentially a spouse. Then we would go on a date and then kind of slowly begin to reveal ourselves to the other. You know, talking about just general things at first. Once you get into a depth of a relationship, especially a marriage, you tend over time to reveal more of your heart, more of who you are interiorly, to reveal yourself, to make yourself vulnerable sometimes to the other. This is how relationships grow, strengthened by the other giving their heart to their spouse. And over 30 years of marriage, I found this to be true and my wife's uh, relationship with myself is beautiful. The giving of the heart to the other. You can do this in friendships also, but in marriage, it's more complete. And how sad it is when I meet with couples, meet with one spouse privately to talk about problems in their marriage. And I hear this constantly. I don't think he ever truly revealed himself to me. I really don't know him. I don't know her because the other has not revealed their heart. This is what is happening today in our gospel. The Beatitudes, the beginning of chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount. Our Lord goes up the mount, he calls his disciples, and he opens his mouth. And what does he do when he opens his mouth? He reveals his heart to his disciples. In the Beatitudes, he's painting a picture about who he is. He wants to develop a relationship with them. And he's saying, 
This is my interior life. All these blessings, these eight blessings, this is who I am. Follow me. Imitate me. Be like me. Because this is the path. This is the path to heaven. And when we hear the Beatitudes, we hear them many times in our lives. We hear them at All Saints Day. It's the gospel for All Saints Day, and rightfully so. We also hear them when we come to Catholic funerals. Many Catholics have this as their gospel reading. The Beatitudes, all, with all the blessings, they tend to fill us with so much comfort at least most of them, the first seven, fill us with so much comfort when we hear them. But I want to explore something a little deeper about them. Perhaps a misunderstanding in our age about the Beatitudes and what they are. Something deeper here. The Beatitudes, in our culture when we hear them, we kind of think, this is about good people. This is how good people should live. It's about maybe social justice. It's about putting things in baskets up front, beautiful gifts that we can bestow. It's about being a good person, right? That's what we know about the Beatitudes. I want to present something a little deeper, the more traditional view of the Beatitudes and what they are. And I want to say, this actually is not about the works that we do. The Beatitudes and the blessings here are not about the works that we do. Don't be mistaken, the saints do great things. Saints do beautiful works. But the Beatitudes is actually about this, the heart, conversion, the interior life, the change of the heart. And I want to draw out some of these things in all eight Beatitudes today. I'm going to go through them quite quickly, but I want you to draw out what you can because the Beatitudes start with the basics and they build upon each other to heaven because the Beatitudes are the path for happiness and the path for holiness. And I hope that's revealed to you through what I'm going to say. So let this be a little bit of a meditation on the eight Beatitudes and think about where you are on this path to holiness. The first Beatitude. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. What does it mean to be poor in spirit? Poor in spirit is all about humility. Humility. It's a poverty of spirit to where we know ourselves as God sees us and we know that we're not God. This is the foundation of the spiritual life, the foundation of the interior life, the foundation of prayer, because when we are humble, we acknowledge that we need someone. We need someone. We can't save ourselves. So we turn to God in prayer. So humility is the first step 
the absolute essential crucial first step to holiness to getting to heaven when we progress in humility we go to the second beatitude blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted what is our lord saying about mourning mourning is a person who grows in humility and then understands that he's a sinner understands that he needs mercy god's mercy and forgiveness it's a person who regrets the evil that he has done and wants to progress past it in forgiveness this is those who mourn and this is a huge 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 problem in the catholic church right now only 2% of catholics go to confession on a regular basis 75% of catholics never go to confession during the year think about how many souls are lost to hell because they just say no to the lord no to mercy this is part of our problem we need to get over this to progress in humility come back to the sacrament of confession get rid of all the garbage let it go the next step after that is blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth what is meekness meekness in the spiritual life is not weakness our world wants to think of it in that terms meekness equals meekness equals weakness it is not meekness is not being a doormat it is not being trampled on meekness is a virtue by which we become obedient to listening to god's will and carrying it out fully with courage and then using gentleness with our neighbors obedience god's will being gentle that is true meekness once we progress in the meekness we go up the next step to holiness the next beatitude blessed are those that are hungering and thirsting for righteousness they will be satisfied what is righteousness righteousness is a person who has integrated these first 3 beatitudes humility repentance and meekness is seeking stability and holiness it is a soul that hungers for holiness has moved on beyond habitual sin at least wants stability and holiness it's the disciple that says lord make me holy and always to do your will once we pass through the steps of righteousness on the ladder to holiness we go to the next beatitude blessed are the merciful for they will be shown mercy what does it mean to be merciful the merciful disciple bears the fruit of all humility sorrow for sins gentleness of heart and holiness so that person can forgive their neighbors sins like god has forgiven them doing nothing more than what we pray for in the lord's prayer the our father lord forgive me and i will forgive others as you have been merciful to me
That's righteousness. That next step is blessed are the clean of heart, for for they shall see God. The clean of heart. What does it mean to be the clean of heart? Clean of heart means that it's a simple childlike trust in God's providence, even in suffering. It's to set aside sins, have purity to where you just trust God. It's a beautiful gift when God allows us to see Him and see our neighbor and see God's presence in each other and in everything that He does. Purity and childlike trust in God. When we accomplish that in the spiritual life, we move on to the next blessing. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. What is a peacemaker in the spiritual life? A peacemaker in the worldly sense is one who can put an end to conflict, which is a good thing. Peacemaker in the spiritual life is one that has gone to war with the world, the flesh, and the devil, and conquered sin through God's grace. And they rest in God's peace because they have triumphed over their own shortcomings, gotten past it. They're living in peace, and it radiates out from there to others. They can bestow peace upon others because of it. Lastly, the first seven beatitudes, the blessings, are acts of our will. But the eighth beatitude is different. The eighth beatitude is, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Likewise, blessed are you when they insult you and persecute you and utter every kind of evil against you falsely because of me. This beatitude is the results of the first seven. The first seven are acts of our will, The eighth beatitude is the consequence of holiness. It's persecution. We live in the age of martyrs. Many, many Christians are dying for the faith. This beatitude actually sounds negative, right? It's suffering. But the path to holiness and the end of our path is the cross unite ourselves to our Lord's suffering, take upon his yoke, burden, and carry our own crosses leads to holiness. Our Lord at the end of the Beatitudes gives us an imperative, a command. He says, rejoice and be glad for your reward will be great in heaven. This is the end of the Beatitudes the path to holiness, the path to happiness. It's heaven. How much time you and I spend thinking about our final end, heaven. This is the goal. This is everything. Nothing in this world matters unless we get to heaven. Uh, That's our promise here and the path our Lord's revealing in the Beatitudes. 
I'd suggest and commend these Beatitudes to you this week. There is so much there to learn from if understood properly in the way the church has always understood it. This path to holiness, path to happiness. This is true happiness, heaven, and our goal. To take some time this week to read them again. To think about where am I on the path to holiness using the Beatitudes to measure out where we are. This is the goal. Our Lord is providing his heart, revealing his heart to us today in these eight Beatitudes. Let us hear the Master. Let us be disciples and seek for heaven because there is nothing more, nothing more greater than being a saint.